This is E-Retailer Conversations on PBN, the Profitable Business Network. Now the host of E-Retailer Conversations with Principal of Profits Plus Solutions, here's your host, Tom Shea, and co-host, Bill Kendi. And a good evening to everyone. Thanks for joining us. As has been the way we've done business here on E-Retailer Conversations for the past seven years, we get together to spend an hour to share new ideas and bring to you an expert that Bill or I have found somewhere who's going to be able to help each of us with the way that we operate our business by way of either helping us sell more products or services uh, to increase our margin or save expenses, and tonight uh, is going to be a, a combination that it's going to be save expense, but it's also going to be spending money wisely correctly. Uh, let me go through all the routine to start the night with. Uh, tonight's e-retailer conversation for August 13th, 2015 is being recorded, as we do with all of them. It is available on the ProfitsPlus.org website in two formats. You can download it as an MP3 file that you can put on your iPod or other similar device. Or you can do it as a click and listen link from the ProfitsPlus.org website. And then on top of that, as you uh, have seen in the email today, we have it available that you can simply listen from your computer live uh, by following the link in the email that we sent out. And during the course of the evening, we will be taking and watching uh, Facebook either the Profits Plus or the Tom Shea link on uh, Facebook, and we will be taking watching the emails to see just any last-minute questions that you might have. Uh, that being said, yes, and all that being said, all finished, all said, all details over with. So I'll bring in my, my co-host. appreciate him being there, the gentleman who, who's been with us for um, a, a bunch of years, Bill Kendi from Holt, Michigan. Are you there, sir? I am here, Tom. How are you? Not good. So as we were visiting the show, what was that comment you were making about weather? Oh, well, you remember you asked me about uh, if the weather was getting cooler up here in the state of Michigan. I said yes, a little tiny bit, but as a, the phrase I used to you, Tom, was sometimes I can feel just a little bite Uh but certainly not um, anything uh, weird, as I say, as supposed to go up to the 90s uh, this weekend. So we're still in the thrones of the dog days of summer. How about you down there in yeah. Florida? We are having rain. We're having mosquitoes. Um, we had 15 inches of rain in the month of July, and we've had about another half dozen on top of it. So uh, those people who are in the boat business are doing quite well, and uh Kayak business, yeah. There's there's plenty to uh, to be sold. Neat. So uh, as we were discussing, this well, it is water. It is Wally's Water World. Quite true. So as we were discussing earlier, this is uh, our topic tonight. Is one that we have uh, we've never looked at before, and we kind of thought, gee, why did we miss this? Because it's an important part of business. Mm-hmm. True. You're right. You're right, and. You know, we've looked at all sorts of different things from different uh, disciplines, and it just never came up. I don't know why. No. Well, now we figured it that just problem. never came to us. We just never thought of it. Alrighty. So, um, 
We're going to discuss business insurance. We're going to discuss all kinds of business insurance in our hour together tonight. Everything and anything that somebody uh, has experienced, anything that people should consider in buying their insurance and what they're missing, and uh, uh, well, just protect our businesses. And with that being said, let me take and find uh, the appropriate song uh, that we thought, as far as this is the song we want to play, When Insurance Goes Right. So tonight, we have a guest, a friend of mine, uh, lives just down the road from us here. She's in the same county. She's over on the, out on the other part of it, the, the place. Uh, was a, uh, I, this is how business works, folks. It was a friend of mine that said, here's someone that you need to meet, someone you ought to talk to about business. And uh, sure enough, it's been a, developed into a good friendship. I'm becoming a customer of hers. Uh, our guest tonight is a lady by the name of Kathy Walsh, and Kathy owns uh, an insurance agency here in, in Florida. She's over on the other side of the bay in Tampa. Uh, Kathy's company is called Coast to Coast Insurance, and uh, she kind of knows her stuff when it comes to, uh, to insurances. So uh, with all of that being said, uh, knowing that she's just down the street from us, Kathy, are you, uh, you there? Hello, Tom. Yes, it's a great pleasure to join you this evening. Well, thanks for uh, leaving your office over in the deep swamp of Tampa and coming back to our side of the bay and taking the time to sit and visit with us tonight. Well, thank you. I'm happy. I'm sure you could instead be out there enjoying the sunset right now because the clouds, at least here, are starting to break a little bit. Well, I'll have to share with you that I do have a water view of the golf tonight. Can see the sunset. I'm glad to see the water levels subsiding. Yes. Okay. So, um, tell everybody about you first. Tell tell them who you are, what you do. Well, I'm an independent insurance agent in Tampa for ten years, and um, I represent my clients. I work for you, the client, and not the insurance company. And I have a diverse background in property and casualty and health and life and being a business owner and or an entrepreneur and family um, entrepreneurships over the years. I have a good understanding what is important to the business owner and also what needs to be protected that sometimes goes overlooked. Okay. So uh, as an independent, you are picking the insurance companies that you're going to work with. I true. I take the carriers that I can uh, believe in their products, work well with underwriting, and have great client customer support. Okay. So now let's ask, I'll ask this question because we would have people participating tonight from uh, states, uh, and we've had some folks from out from other countries. Uh, but as we would have people tonight from states joining us, uh, when we look at things like car insurance, each of the states can have their own rules, laws for car insurance, such as we here in Florida have this thing, no-fault insurance. But when it comes to the aspects of business insurance, does that vary from state to state, or are we all fairly well playing by the same game? Business insurance is optional. Um, If you own your your site, your store, your office, 
um, you do not you are not required to have any insurance at all. If you are in a retail or corporately owned property where you lease space, they're going to require you to have anywhere from general liability workers comp, commercial vehicle, incidental, you know, accident type insurance. If you're a business owner, it's up to you whether you choose to insure your risk of your office furnishings or your business property or your inventory, your workers' comp, employee dishonesty, and the list goes on. So, no, we are not mandated as business owners to carry insurance. But now, workers' comp is regulated by each of the 50 states, though. There's not a common law, but when we come to product liability or umbrella insurances or key person insurance, that's a national issue? Workers' comp is a national issue. Three or more employees generally, depending on your type of industry and trade, and size a company, whether you're going to be required by the state that you re- conduct your business in to carry workers' comp. Okay. So let's, um, let's start at the, the top of the list. How many different kinds of insurance would there be out there that a person in a business, what are all the different insurances they might have? It's going to be depend. Let me just say this. Let me narrow that down. That's a very broad stroke of a paintbrush on possibilities. Um, narrow it down, and we'll build from there if we may. Your typical business owner needs to have general liability for foot traffic that's generated in and out of that office. Um, a slip and fall, uh, a trip and fall, a finger caught in a door can all lead to general liability suits against that business owner. Then you're going to move into the realm of workers' comp because of an employee, as dearly as I think of everyone's employees, they are a business risk if they're as simple as going to sit down into a desk chair and the chair rolls and they fall and injure themselves. Um, there is a risk. Um, or suppose they are loading company inventory in and out of the trunk of a car to go to a trade show, and they hurt their back, twisting in the motion to unload or load the inventory to and from the site. There's workers' comp. Then you're going to move into employee dishonesty. That's a possibility. Um, and you're also going to move into protecting your inventory and or business furnishings. That's that's the immediate plan that I talk to my insurers about. And then it's going to go into advertising, food liability, product liability, whatever they do as a business. We'll get industry specific. Okay, now let me ask this one. What about, because uh, I, I have a couple examples I want to share about People Day, and, and one of them is you have a business and something happens, like a flood in Tampa, uh, like a fire, like any other natural disaster, like a hurricane, and you're out of business for a while. All right, there, is there an interest for that? Uh, yes. 
Yes, there is. Um, there's revenue protection, income protection during business interruption. Um, your business is interrupted. You definitely want to have coverage more times than not to cover your cash flow, to pay your rents, to pay salaries um, and incidentals that you incur during that time under the normal course of business if you are interrupted. Okay. And then you can also have the, uh, was it the key person insurance? Right. Right, if you've got a partnership of some sort? Well, yes, and that, that goes more into the life insurance side of the business. Um, and it gets into more contractual terms between the partners um, than taking out a life insurance policy. Should something happen, it doesn't even have to be a partner, Tom. It can be a, gen- it can be a key producer. It can be a key manager, somebody right. that influences the revenue or cash flow to that business. Is that, uh, Kathy, is that... I'm not sure I really honestly understand the difference between, I mean, I do theoretically. What's the difference between a key man insurance policy and a key man annuity? An annuity is tied to a life insurance policy with a variable variable annuity that's more of a investment tool that you're you're gaining um, what I want to say, you're gaining more money as time goes on that you don't use the policy. Um, compared to like term life insurance and whole life insurance um, type scenario. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one of the stories that I bring to, to actually I've got three stories of people I've known, uh, of which I, I want to put a disclaimer in here, just because I've known three people who own businesses, who own fires, does not tell other people, don't talk to me, because I'm like inviting fire to occur. I, I just have heard these stories, know of people. And the first one is the uh, one positive person. Uh, and this was a, uh, a friend of mine who owned a business, and in the... Thanksgiving season in the United States, the weekend after, uh, this was a restaurant, and the restaurant caught on fire. Uh, fortunately, there were no charges pressed to it, and no one was hurt to it, uh, but it was a situation of way product was stored within their building, and poof, the place goes up, it burns down. And what happened, the big plus factor, other than, yes, they had insurance. I remember my friend being quoted in the paper saying, well, my dad always told me when he owned the business that you need to make sure that you're covered. Uh, And he had insurance, of which he was kind of surprised that he had it. Uh, And that is when you have a catastrophe, you are out of business for a period of time. One of the things that you have to consider is the continuance of the business. There's a lot of profit that you lost over that period of time, but the bank is not going to let the loan that you owe them go away. And then you've also got the situation of you have employees and you can't say, hey guys, sorry, um, go do something and when we get the building built back, come on back. So what about those, Kathy? What happens there? Well, it's a a good point. Um, Yes, because there is a catastrophe or disaster to the business. Yes, the mortgage still carries on. Uh, Yes, the employees still have their financial needs and looking to you for their job at that point. 
there are things in a business owner's policy that are riders that you can add in business interruption to cover those items. And with that said, business interruption is not designed to make you whole, but designed to carry the business through in moderation for a specific amount of time. And you can usually either A, pick a dollar amount, um, quarter million dollars, half million dollars, whatever it takes you to get through a quarter of a year or a half of a year, or you, you, know, you can pick you have the option of either a dollar amount or a time frame amount based on your average annual revenue uh, and then your expenses against that revenue because you, maybe you've signed on the line for um, inventory that is going to be drop shipped to you periodically throughout the time that your business is closed. You have to cover that. Of course, now we also deal from the comment you just made. We are dealing with the situation, and we're not going to uh, uh, invoke the wrath of our CPA guest who comes on every year, Mike McCormick. Uh, but for the business that is um, doing things that are, shall we say, questionable, such as not reporting all the revenue that they should, uh, you know, there's lots of little nicknames for businesses doing this as to how they are uh, not. But this is going to be a situation that if you are doing that, it's going to come back to bite you because you're going to say, wait a minute, this is what my sales were, and the insurance company, am I correct, is going to say, I want to see a tax return? Well, it's, not, it's going to be more than a tax return. It's going to be your bank statements. It's going to be your inventory um, invoices where you purchased inventory. It's going to be your point of sales receipts. Um, if you are not being honest with your insurance agent, honest with your sales um, or your business, and you're assuming a certain amount of risk that you're gambling, and that is not an insurable risk from an insurance standpoint. Yep. So they're going to look at all kinds of things, and uh, anything that you have uh, gotten a little short on, you're going to have a... Uh, a problem with it and I, and I have seen situations like that but again the in the case of my friend who had the restaurant uh, his employees as you say did not get made whole but they got the majority of their pay and they were able over the course of this almost a year to go out and get other jobs that would be temporary for them and and so theoretically if they would get they got both of their pays, and they came out pretty good, I would think. Is that kind of how it would work? It depends on the options selected by the business owner. Money and costs do come into play on insurance. Sometimes it's a very hard decision for a business owner, and they sometimes have to sit back and evaluate their biggest risk and what is the most important part of the risk to insure, such as cash flow. Um, such as inventory, such as property damage, um, general liability. They may have to let go of some of these other coverages that we're discussing in, in dollars and cents. But at the same time, moving forward as a business grows or in future business planning, they certainly, it's highly recommended 
that they look at the cost of adding these options to their insurance policy so that they are properly insured against things that matter most to them. So is this where the phrase, I've become insurance poor, comes into play? Absolutely. You know, it, it, you have to decide what is a balance on your business, what is sensible. You know, a good agent will not let you be overinsured and will not let you be underinsured. And you should really sit down with your insurance agent on an annual basis and talk about your business. You should talk about, oh, I added, you know, another 5,000, 10,000 square feet onto a warehouse, or our sales increased, or I'm having to do a seasonal promotion, and now how is that going to affect my business in terms of inventory costs, additional employees? And from an insurance standpoint, I say, how many more people are going to come onto your business or in and out of your business, or buy food, or something at the business, what kind of risk are you going to have? It's a numbers game. The more your business increases in units of point of contact with other human beings, the higher the risk rate goes up. Okay. So let's take our first question break of the evening, and uh, let everybody know... This is New Retailer Conversation, August 13, 2015, and our guest tonight is Kathy Walsh, who is an independent insurance agent. Her company is Coast to Coast Insurance. It is in Tampa, Florida, and Kathy's phone number is 813-333-1789. And with that, quick station break, and we will come right back to it. This is E-Retailer Conversations on PBN, the Profitable Business Network. So we're discussing insurance tonight. First time in seven years that we have brought insurance up as one of the topics. And we are visiting with Kathy and we're looking at things and saying, well, what all comes into play? What, uh, what type of insurances should a person has, and she's given us a, a, a list of items. So you were alluding to, uh, at one point, we were talking about insurance, and it was along the lines of having a review of insurance. So how often would a person, as a business owner, sit down and have that conversation? Tom, I recommend once a year or at any time that you decide as a business owner to make significant changes to your business. You may hire a key person. You may go into a different direction. You may open another location or multiple locations. You may go into a different direction of maybe Internet sales and fulfillment that you didn't have before that may bring a different type of concern of awareness to your business. Mm Okay. So now if you have inventory in your business and and let's say you have $100,000 worth of insurance, but over the last year or so, you have added another $50,000 to the amount of inventory that you carry in your business, if something happens to you, um, there's going to be an issue. Am I correct that You've got $150,000 worth of stuff, and you've got $100,000 worth of insurance. What, what kind of situation happens then? The 
the coverage limits are the coverage limits. In other words, if you have $100,000 in, in inventory on your policy, they will not pay for an additional 50000 even if it's sitting there and it's justifiable or you have pictures of it or whatever the case may be. Your coverage limits are what an insurance carrier will pay up to. That's what you've bought. If your product liability or your product inventory is going to increase by 50%, then you need to call your agent and increase that 50%. However, there's another issue there. Is it going to be an ongoing type of increased inventory or is it a seasonal inventory? A seasonal inventory, like many retail businesses, you know, whether you're selling, you know, you're selling jewelry or garden plants or bicycles, you know, retail establishments typically have some features in common. For one, they usually have inventory that needs to be protected from physical perils, such as fire or theft. They also have a good deal of store traffic from the general public, raising the risk of third-party bodily injury claims. Well, okay. More, more to add to that? Well, yeah. Generally, the most cost-effective and efficient way to provide product and property and liability insurance for your retail business is with a business owner's policy, commonly called a BOP, B-O-P, business owner's policy. Specifically, they are tailored to small retail stores and mid-retail stores, and they're marketed under a variety of names. Um, to go, you know, with the BOP policy or business policy or store owner's property policy. And they typically, they have, you know, property coverage, which covers the real estate of your, your business owns. Or if you rent, it's the lease premises. The business, the, the business owner provi- policy provides coverage in the event of a covered cause of loss for tenant improvements and betterments. This is where you go into a shopping center and you finish out the retail space. You put in your furnishings, your lighting, your flooring, your display cases. These are fixtures, alterations, installations, or additions that you put into the space that cannot legally be removed from the landlord premises. If you have a loss of the building, a fire, or a flood, then you're covered. And for, and for business property, in addition to real estate and your inventory, a policy may recognize that many retailers experience seasonal variations in value. You know, for the majority, it's the winter holiday season. Christmas is a big selling season for everyone. But for others, the, brightest, the biggest season may be summer, or it might be after the holidays in, mid, in, in February and March in the Rocky Mountains for a ski resort. Um, the business owner's policy accommodates seasonally fluctuating inventory values with an automatic 25% in your policy limits for business personal property, which includes your inventory. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, I have a question. I'm curious. I'm going to demonstrate probably my lack of understanding about generally insurance industry. Are we talking, are these policies that you're talking about, Kathy, are they term or are they whole life? Or I mean, you know, like... A business owner, just a business, very good question, very good question. 
A business owner's policy, commonly called a BOP policy, is your it is your property, real estate, building coverage segment. And then it is your inventory, um, whether it's spoilage or food contamination, mechanical breakdown, those type of things, as well as a general liability. There's also business vehicle insurance, which can be tagged on to a BOP policy, and workers' comp. However, key person, that variable annuity, that's going to be not on the on the business owner's policy. That's usually generally wrapped in as a second policy um, because it's not affected by perils. Perils being rain, fire, flood, snowstorm, earthquake, those type of things. In a way, it's just like a renter's policy. Or like your home insurance for that matter, right? Kind of for a business. That's kind of, I guess, a, a layman's way of looking at it, that a business policy protects your four walls and what's in it, correct? Yeah. Okay. Now, Kathy, does the policy differ if the business owns the building or if they lease the building? Is there a difference there? Well, yes. If you, if you lease the building, your space, you need to have what's called... Um, I th- the term eludes me exactly at the moment, but it's damaged the premises rented or leased. Um, so, so say you have a retail uh, store or an office in a multi-retail uh, complex, and lo and behold, you have a coffee business, and the, the coffee machines and lighting and everything draws too much amperage through a, a, a a, a electrical source and there's a fire and your smoke from your fire goes through the ceilings and through the walls and other people's businesses and causes smoke damage then you have a liability that you created into their potentially damaging their store their furnishings their inventory so that's why you want usually a hundred thousand dollars in premises leased or damage to premises leased of others so when it's your your burning coffee pot, if it burns down the shopping center, everybody's looking at you for being yeah. responsible. <laughs> you know, well, not totally responsible because the building owner is should have the keyword should have a policy on the building if they care about insuring the interest. When there's a mortgage involved on a business. The business, the building owner will typically have an insurance policy. I find many times that when people own buildings free and clear, it just baffles me that they do not have building insurance on it in case it burns down or a tornado happens to get the building. They're willing to take their chances. For many times, the ground is worth more than the building. But you as the tenant better have coverage because... If you're the source of the damage to start, yes, they're going to come look at you as to were you, did you do your due diligence or were you neglectful in some way. So this was like, uh, as we were discussing this ahead of time, the scenario that I had described where in a 
community, there was a, a building that held multiple businesses. Um, I don't remember whose particular business gets the credit or the fault for what started here for a fire. But the short of it is there were a bunch of businesses that were burnt out. And as my contact had made a comment to me, they were all looking for it well. So it was a fire, and it didn't start with me. So who's going to pay me? Well, the, the downside was majority of the businesses in this situation, none of them had any insurance on their business. Oops. And they were... They were looking for who comes to my rescue, and the answer was nobody. Yeah. Correct. So, so at that point, if you've got a negligent landlord or the other business has no insurance, it's kind of like a, it's what happens, that's it, and you can sue, but I guess sometimes getting the judgment does not mean you're going to get money. You just got a judgment. Well, it comes back to you assume the risk of not having coverage. So if you do not have the funds put away to cover for a loss such as that, you need to have insurance to cover that. Otherwise, you've assumed that risk, and there you are. So, And with that, as we are around the bottom of the hour, it's uh, time to take our halfway through uh, station break. Our guest tonight is Kathy Walsh. Kathy is an independent insurance agent. She owns a company called Coast to Coast Insurance located in Tampa, Florida. And Kathy's phone number is 813-333-1789. And with that, uh, so thinking about the people who were in this situation and uh, the one that I'm going to uh, talk about in a moment that I visited, uh, here's our Station break song. So at this point, there's those who are surviving in challenges. Uh, Kathy, here's another one. Tell me appropriately for this one. A friend of mine gave me a call uh, a year and a half or so ago, one uh, December evening, 
and said, hi, how are you? And I was like, well, fine, how are you? Gee, you know, you're calling me on a Saturday night. It's kind of 10 o'clock here or so, and <laughs> strange hour to be calling. And they said, well, we're standing in front of our store. And I said, oh, okay, well, that's good. He goes, it's burning. And I go, oh, okay, that's not good. And he goes, to the ground, it's all burning. I go, oh, this is not real good at all. Um, and as a friend, they called and said, so, you know, what are your thoughts? What do we need to do? And while, what I remember is the nightmare of their particular situation was that they called the insurance company. Um, fault was resolved. Their insurance company was to cover it. But their big check, uh, you know, how it drags on, and as you say, you are an independent, so you're not here to defend an insurance company. Uh, They're not in a hurry to write the checks. Uh, But for them to get the biggest portion of their back payment, it was 20 months. What's a business to do? Well, Tom, that's a little unusual circumstance to say 20 months. Um, The claims that I see business-related, are settled usually um, depending on what it, what happened and the size of the catastrophe during the times of a hurricane, a, a flood, um, tornado like went through Talladega, things like that, or Tuscaloosa. That does slow a claims return time down. Depending on you, you know you overload the system with massive claims all at once, things will slow down. But I can tell you from going through Hurricane Andrew myself in South Florida, um, instead of something being wrapped up in a week to 30 days, it might have been 45 or 60 days. A lot of it's going to depend on you, the owner, and how well you work with the claims agent and how much you have records of. I tell my clients, advise them all the time. You have a cell phone. It has a camera. Take pictures of your documents on your phone. Take pictures of your inventory. Take pictures of the damages that occurred. When a claims agent that you meet with after claims, you can stand there and, and, and text it or email it to them on their phone. You just made their life ten times more pleasurable to get this claim resolved, and it can go through underwriting a lot quicker because the claims underwriters and adjusters see a certain amount of integrity and responsibility of an owner. However, if you don't have records, you don't have proof, or if it's questionable that an owner was neglectful, like not staying up to fire codes or building codes or plumbing codes, um, and you have to wait on a fire inspector report, or you have to wait on on a police to release a crime scene, something like that, things can get more involved in time or a claim gets settled. Also, sometimes when lawyers get involved, time goes on. Time marches on. The more entities that get involved in a claim, the longer the claim will take to settle due to more paperwork, more documentation, and more answers that have to be given. You know, Kathy, when, you know, uh, getting back to what we were talking about, in, you know, ensuring your inventory, um, do you know, like you said, like you just said, if you have, you know, we, the biggest thing you got to do is you got to find out to what limit the insurance company will, you know, cover things, right? But is, is, do they depreciate when they go to pay you? Is that policy like on a replacement value basis? 
or is it depreciated value? I'm, I didn't hear all that you had to say. Could you repeat and make sure, sure. that I have your your, sure. your concept of your question? You know, for, 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 payment, uh, for payment reasons, Kathy, is inventory depreciated? So if you got $100,000 worth of inventory and that's what you insured for, are they going to look at that and say, well, some of that stuff is eight months old, so we're depreciating your value and we're only going to give you 75 How does that yeah. work? Or is it, it that even a factor? Okay. On depreciation, usually it's perishable, flowers, food, things like that. And they're okay. going to look at what you did to test the integrity of that product. Um, you know, it, it, was it properly taken care of? Was it properly stored? Was it properly cared for? Then on hard tangible items like electronics, it's going to be, well, you've been sitting on those large screen TVs over there for three years and we're going to pay you cost at once you bought them for, yes, a depreciation figure may happen at that point. Um, you, can't, you can't buy inventory in the electronics industry or say the automobile industry and put it on the back shelf and think several years, many years later, uh, you're going to get 100% replacement value. You can buy a replacement cost rider that you can select terms of coverage limits for. In other words, you can say we bought, you know, these televisions from, you know, Samsung or somebody. We brought them in, the large screens, and now new smart TVs have come out and are the, we can't sell these. Well, you can select a time limit of protection on your inventory. And, and a lot of times there's a blanket. Um, we can get off into agricultural business such as, you know, um, or automobiles or trucks. You can, you can give a blanket value to things rather than an individual value to something. Okay. Yes, now, in the case of the people who had a store that burnt completely down, there was no one who was going to walk in and say, here's the value of your inventory because it was nothing but a heap. Well, it's, it's records. It's, it, at that point, you're not judging from the point of damage. You're judging from the, the in the sellable new condition as when it arrived on your shipping dock or in your store. And agriculture, um, you know, agriculture has uh, like in cattle. I happen to insure some cattle. And they have a one-cow one cow deductible or a ten-cow deductible. Um, and every piece of the, cat, the, the individuals that make up the herd, there may be a bull that's worth fifty or $100,000. They may have a separate policy on the bull, whereas the cows may be worth $5,000 a cow. You know, and they may have a deductible, one cow, five cows. So, you know... <laughs> They do. They do. Lightning. It's kind of funny, really. You know, yeah. You know, but if lightning hits a a group of animals, that's your agricultural business, such as if you own a chicken farm, um, and lightning hits and kills a a shed row of chickens, you can be out hundreds of thousands of dollars. You have no eggs to take to market the next morning. Um, Mm -hmm. That is business loss. And then you've got business loss, which is your product, which is the eggs. Uh, and then you've got the source of the egg, which was your business inventory, was the chicken. Mm-hmm. And so you, you have to look at it sensibly 
um, you know, you know, things like agriculture business, or are you an electronics business, or are you a perishable food business? And what they're going to look at is what is industry standard for turning that inventory in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and all that takes is money, Tom and Bill. You can have anything you want for insurance. No, you can come up with anything imaginable. Someone will, will write, write you some kind of policy. Correct. Okay. All right. So let me ask this question. Let's say we've got a business, and it's a scenario of there's a partnership. It may be a partnership of two individuals, unrelated. It may be siblings, and it may be a scenario of a parent to a child. Now, I'm, I'm looking at the idea of what type of special coverage is there, and the one I'm remembering the most is the uh, horror story that I remember hearing that when Joe Robbie, who owned the Miami Dolphins, passed away, that he was hit with this sudden tax, the, the estate was hit with this tax liability, and in doing so, the family had to sell the football team to, to pay the taxes they had. That is correct. And that gets into professional advice from a CPA and estate lawyers uh, into will planning and business planning side of it on the legal aspect about the financial ramifications. Once that is determined by those individuals, Yes, you can buy life insurance policies or key person type life insurance policy to look at those risks. Okay. So there would be several people such as uh, an attorney and a CPA and an insurance agent that you need to spill your guts, so to speak, and every possible thought you have needs to be relayed to them. Well, I would say your concerns of ongoing business planning, survivorship of the business, um, needs to be discussed at length and at heart with your CPA, your your business lawyer, legal advisor, and your insurance agent. Absolutely. Okay. So now when we talk to Mike McCormick, who is our annual guest as a CPA, and Mike has written a book that deals with the six different legal entities that a business in the United States can be and the positives and the negatives of each and how many people each type of format can have or maximum or you know how it's qualified or unqualified, you know, things like, I mean, simple things like, you, okay, you cannot declare your business a partnership if there's only one person since you have no partner. All right, I get that one. Um, So when I'm looking at a business and the insurance, is there a book? Is there some kind of book you're going to tell us we need to find, read? Is there a particular uh, something you would tell folks to go look at to, to read and consider as they are deciding, you know, because they, they should in talking with the CPA 
and the insurance agent and the attorney should be able to carry on the conversation at a fairly intelligent level. If they're sitting there just listening to each of the three other parties going, uh-huh, yeah, okay, I hear you, yeah, okay, you know, it's, I think they're going to walk in or walk out of the meeting as lost as they did when they walked into the meeting. Yeah. Many times, many times. Um, is there a book? There are lots and lots of books out there. Um, I, I always believe in researching and education, but I also believe in talking and sharing with other business professionals. What do you have? What do you do? You know, um, on a more of a layman's terms conversation, before you talk to professionals. And you should have professionals that can explain things to you in a matter of which you're comfortable discussing it and understand when you walk away. Or they should be able to point you in the direction of a greater understanding resource. Um, it, that, that is edu- But I run into this every day. You can lead the horse to water, but you can't make them drink. People are going to buy insurance or not buy insurance out of two reasons. One is necessity. They have to have it. It's being mandated. Or two, they have an actual concern and fear about how do I really protect what matters most. There's no gray area. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've heard, Kathy, that the number one reason that... Um uh, people switch insurance companies, and I'm not sure this is applicable to business, but I, you know, for like, you know, home and, and auto and that sort of thing. The number one reason people automatically think that is because of, of rates. And what I've always heard is the number one reason is that, that customers switch insurance agents is because of bad service. Um, so, you know, keeping that in mind, as I said, I don't know if that transcends to the business side, but. What you already touched on that just a minute ago. What are some of the big pluses that a, a potential, you know, insurance purchaser needs to get out of an agent? What do you think? Well, you know, it's the two customers. Yes, there's those that move because of rates. And then there's the customer that stays put no matter what because of their level of security with their agent and the, and the company that they're with, or they've had a bad experience and they're not going to risk changing again. Um, the first scenario, the rates. I, people do not understand a quote. When I give you a quote or another agent gives you a quote, we should explain to you things called inclusions and exclusions that you do not see on a quote. You'll see a million dollars general liability you know, per occurrence, $2 million aggregate. Um, you may see half a million million dollars in property damage. You may see half a million dollars maybe or maybe not in equipment breakdown. Um, things that are not listed on there is uh, what about collectibles? What about fire system failure? What about sewer and water drain backup? What about sinkhole, catastrophic ground collapse? 
those things sometimes or equipment coverage are not spelled out in a quote, but you'll have a million, two million in coverage. You'll have a hundred thousand coverage, and they'll tell you depending on the business, it can be anywhere from twenty-five hundred dollars a year to two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, depending on what it is they're insuring and the size of it. And you can have two quotes from two agents with the same carrier, identical coverages, but the premium will be maybe a thousand, a couple thousand dollars difference. I had a customer that had a building, commercial building, and he said, Kathy, no, it's identical to your quote. Nope, he's been with me three years at the time. Nope, it's the same thing. I said to him, excuse me, but with all due respect, it can't be the same thing as that much of a premium difference. We're talking a couple thousand dollars. I said, there has to be a difference. Send me the quote. So they sent me the quote. It was with the same carrier I was chosen for them. And so I called into writing. I said, where's the difference? I'm looking at it. I'm researching it. I'm looking at the coverages. I'm looking at the inclusion and exclusions. They said, well, let me go through it. Put the two quotes line item by line item for you. The other quote did not cover include the two elevators in the building for equipment coverage. So I called the customer and said, your elevators are not insured in this other quote. Case closed. So many times rates, when I have a client, um, I had a golf course and resort property rates last year, um, that as an agent I have to be very sure that there's inclusions and exclusions in the policy. I try not to quote from back pages. I try to quote from a policy because of the inclusions and exclusions. The fine print with all the codes that nobody reads in the back that mean nothing to anyone else, I read those because that is, um, on, a, you know, on a marina, that may be your dock coverage about what is for maintenance and there's a fault and it blows away because it wasn't maintained as standard or something. Uh, golf course property, golf ball hits a car going by and creates an accident. Um, those are the kind of inclusions that are buried down into the print that make a premium difference. So while you know, we can get you a lesser expensive quote, you may not have the same coverages, the same inclusions and exclusions. Hold on, I'm doing radio, so. All right, so let's take our... Uh last station break of the evening so everybody know who we are what's going on uh this up and i'll be right back this is the profitable business network so this is e-retailer conversation for thursday night august 13 2015 my co-host bill kendy and our guest expert tonight is kathy walsh kathy comes to us from coast to coast insurance in tampa florida and uh kathy's Agency's phone number is 813-333-1789. So tonight we have been discussing all kinds of insurance policies. What do you need to have? What should you look for? Value of agent, uh, determining amount of coverage. Um, well, let's see. That being said, uh, Kathy, is there anything else that we haven't uh, covered tonight that we need to cover? Well, Tom, I think we pretty much covered things like that. Maybe um, if there a vehicle policy, we need to talk about vehicles and employees and things like that. 
Okay. Well, we got about five minutes left. How uh, how much of that can you cram in in five minutes? My talk. Let me get another cup of coffee. Um, vehicles. Many times lately, it's become fashionable from corporate retail centers to ask a small business owner um, to have a commercial vehicle policy. When in fact, when in fact that the commercial vehicle policy doesn't have any bearing on their business. Like me, for instance, I come to work, I park my car, I walk in my office, end of story. You know, it is not used in conducting business. My employees are not using it to deliver merchandise. They're not using it to go get um, food for the restaurant, anything like that. If you have a vehicle that your, your administrative assistant, your accountant, anyone uses gets in their vehicle or gets in your vehicle and goes and makes a bank deposit, that's now commercial liability on an auto policy that should be covered. Now, and would that also include a situation where you ask an employee to get in their own vehicle and go do something for you? Absolutely. You're now at risk because they're on company business. And then that is, a, that is any driver, any vehicle type auto insurance. Um, if you have a business like I used to years ago, be involved in electronic distribution business with trucks on the road making deliveries. And it was, we used, you know, you assigned a driver, you assigned a vehicle. Well, a truck poops out, has to go to maintenance, and that driver needs another truck to drive. Or you're minus a driver, and you have to hire a temp driver. Well, you have to not constantly take the risk that you're going to remember to run inside and call your insurance agent and make the change. So you really kind of want to think if you have a delivery business or you're picking, you have drivers out picking up things and bringing them back to a retail or a distribution center, that you have coverage on your automobile liability to cover the particular risk. But if you are a jewelry store owner and your employees drive in, they park their car, they come in, they do their job, they go out, they get in their car, they go home, no, you do not need commercial liability. But if they stop by the bank or home or office depot for you on the way home, pick up supplies, yeah, that's a business liability. Well, and we can well. get into liquor liability, those kind of things. Um, you you host a real quick. You host a uh, employee celebration, and you serve beer and wine. And you have to have, be sure someone's not overserved. So if they get in your in their vehicle, leave your event, and have a fender bender. You, as the business owner who serves the beverage, is going to be tagged to the lawsuit. Okay, so the last question I ask you to wind up the evening. How do you counsel a, a business owner with regard to you know, everything in moderation? Right? It's, it seems in the business world today, as I listen to people, if the uh, insurance companies had their way, there, there would be so many things that a business wouldn't do, couldn't do, because they're looking to minimize the liability. But at the same time, uh, you know, business has employees and has customers, you open the doors, you open your website, and you're you're at risk. How, just a a last second. How do you tell them? There's you know what the balance. Begin to determine a balance. 
we go back to the primary things we talked about the opening of the show. Go back into your general liability, your risk exposure people in and out of your business. Uh, the greater the head count in and out, the greater the numbers of a chance of, a, of an incident. Go back to protecting your building, protecting your inventory, protecting your cash flow, protecting against dishonest employees. Those are the five things that I talk about first. Then we branch out from there, unless they are a delivery business or they have a bakery and you know they have to take product out to um, restaurant supply or things like that or the delis. Then they need to have commercial liability in place and some other things. So it's kind of specific to, tailored to that business owner. We can look at ensuring the infinite and we can look at ensuring what is the most practical. What is practicality? Okay, folks. Well, we have come to the close of another another show. Let me uh, tell you one last time and, and say thanks to Kathy because here's Kathy sitting over on the beach and um, with uh, Tier Verde, right off by St. Pete Beach here, enjoying the sunset and uh, took the time from her office and her clients today to come and sit with us for an hour and share with you some ideas so that as you are going to follow her advice and do an annual insurance review, uh, not that this qualifies, but our intent tonight was that Kathy would be an impartial individual to give you some additional ideas so that when you do sit down with your agent, you would take a look at this stuff and say, hmm, what more do I now know that I need to be able to take and consider with what I'm going to be doing in, in my business? Um, Kathy's insurance agency is Coast to Coast, and their phone number 813 333-1789. Uh, that being said, Kathy, thank you. Thanks so much for taking the evening to uh, uh, come and be with us. We appreciate you would uh, volunteer your, your time and your information tonight. Great job, Kathy. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you, gentlemen, to both of you, and it's been a pleasure. And anytime again in the future, I look forward to it. We, we would have you come back and tell us some more. Okay. Thank you, folks. All right, thank you. It's time for that special sound. Yes, it is. Hey, everybody, thanks for joining us for tonight. We're glad you could be with us. It's been our pleasure to share fresh ideas and trends from premier small business owners, coaches, and resources. Join Tom Shea and guests again next month for e-retailer conversations right here on PBN, the Profitable Business Network.